0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com B for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome back to man coverage. I'm your host, Mike Payton. Today, we've got a very special guest, somebody that uh, somebody that I've taken some cues from over the course of my writing career. Somebody that's kind of uh, inspired me uh, to do certain things in, uh in my writing. And that's why I've got him on today. I've got uh, pro football networks, Mike Tanier. Mike, welcome onto the show.
2: It's great to be on. It's great to hear that I inspired you. I, I feel old, though. I hear these people, oh, I read you growing up, or I read you in college, and it's like, I'm not that old. Well, you can see me, the the listeners can't. My beard is getting longer and more Gandalf-like, so I, I really am getting old.
1: Well, I mean, you couldn't be more than 32, 33 years old, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: 33 in hexadecimal, as I like to say. That's a math joke, kids. <laughs> Ask the computer well, programmer in your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that one. Uh, I am friends with Kent Lee Platt, who you probably know. And he's a numbers whiz. I'll have to ask him about that one. Um, so we, uh, we're we're glad you're here. And and yeah, I, you know, I mentioned that, that I, uh, you know, that you inspired some of my writing and, you know, I feel like I should just touch on that a little bit, you know, early on in my career, I was very uh, straight laced um, by the book you know everything you learned in, in 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 journalism courses. You know, and then I started reading your stuff, and I, there was a lot of it was funny. It made me laugh a lot, <laughs> and I, and that was that was the thing that sort of changed what I do. Um, and I you know, so I just started because I think I think I'm funny. I maybe maybe people <laughs> think I'm funny. I don't know. So, <laughs> so I just started putting my own my own spin on it, making it funny, and and it was really you kind of inspired that. So well,
2: thanks for thank you. you and you thanks and, and journalism school is what it is you know nowadays if you're a beat writer for a team if you were writing for the Freep or or something like that they would tell you that you had to stick exactly by this book and, and you would do that
1: right.
2: uh i was i was blessed, lucky enough when i came up it was during the sort of the start of the blogger and the blogosphere thing and it was like do whatever you want there are no rules here you do not have to go in and answer to an editor and, and a lot of people are in that place now you know where you're independent if you're if you're Writing for you know a network that isn't like like tied down to uh to the old inverted pyramid, you can do that. And I'm, I'm glad guys like you get to do it and get to be funny and get to be off. Be just lots of people around the internet get to do it as well.
1: Yeah, it's 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 definitely a whole other game. And I've worked for a newspaper and and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just very straight laced. You know, I I remember writing something. I I I, I use some. I, I don't even remember what I said. It was it was it wasn't by the book, and the editor came back and said, "You're that's a little too cute. We're gonna have to <laughs> change that." It was nothing. It was nothing. It was. But but you know that's basically what it was like. Yeah. Um, but you've worked for a newspaper too. I, I went I went through your LinkedIn page. I okay. couldn't find a Wikipedia page or anything like that. Nope. It looks like you did did some time with the New York Times from uh, in 2008 and uh, through 2012. What's that like? I mean, it's the Times for crying out loud.
2: 2008, 2012, and 2020 to present, when I'm not at Proof Football Network, I am other places. And one of them is the New York Times. You can catch me in print on Wednesdays. But you you mentioned that. uh, The Times, again, they brought me in when they were looking for a blogger-type voice. Uh, Again, 2008, it was like, this is new. This is exciting. Bill Simmons had kind of just broken huge in his place. Florio had really broken huge in the NFL circles. Let's get a guy. And they grabbed me off of Football Outsiders. Um, and and they let me do some of that wild and crazy stuff, both just as sort of a columnist, and you know having me do things like run around the city of New York and see as many sporting events as I could, and things like that, which was fun. Uh, what's interesting though is because talking about what you said before, uh, there was a time there where I was on the Giants beat, where they there was a whatever a transition in terms of personnel, and they needed me to go from being putting my clown nose on and telling jokes and doing stats to covering the beat. And the first thing I submitted uh you know my editor was like no you're now the the voice of record yeah <laughs> and, and the fact is like back in the day you, you have to cut co- you have to cover Lucy the injury you have to actually do the news on that you have to say whether he was on the stationary bike or yelling at tom coughlin or whatever you can't do a joke there because you are the provider of the news when you're the other guy you do that so i that was an incredible education uh, for a couple of years because i i really learned how to be a be a journalist be a reporter from working for the New York times. It's the opposite. You're supposed to learn how to do it. Then go to New York times. I had a weird background and, and now I get the opportunity to go back and do that again, to kind of supplement things in this uh, transitional time uh, in the NFL.
1: Yes. It's quite a, quite a time to, to be a, to be alive, to be an NFL fan, to be a writer, to be a yeah. writer, especially. Yeah. Um, I've sort of come to you in the past uh, DM you about, you know, your thoughts on, on the, the current state of the, the, you know, the football writing business. I mean, where do you, where do you think we're headed? I'm really interested to hear your, your, your thoughts on that.
2: I mean, I think we have to know where society's headed in terms of COVID and things like that. You know, in, a, in an economy that's where bartenders and, and and everyone else is struggling, you're not going to get a lot as a, as a blogger, or writer, what have you. And uh, of course, I, I was at Bleacher Report for six years. I'm no longer at Bleacher Report. And there are other people with the same story there. Uh, what's happening in our industry, and you probably see this as well. When there's a lot of transition, the first thing that disappears is the advertising budget. The advertising budget usually mm-hmm. doesn't disappear for the NFL commercial uh, or for the Joe Rogan podcast. It's it's for these smaller things, and these smaller things include the ads you see on the sides of uh, articles from newspapers, articles from major outlets. So that hit a lot of us in our industry. I feel like some of that's coming back, but. I don't know where things are going. I have a feeling things are going more towards video. I think they're going more towards quick hitter. I think it's another revolution of kind of like that independent citizen person, whether they're on YouTube or someplace else or TikTok or whatever, voicing their opinion, then may the most creative, interesting, funny, hopefully appropriately to, to, to uh, to the venue person win on that regard. That said, some point along the way, you're going to want to read something, whether it's Right. three, four, five sentences, or whether it's, you know, 10,000 words. And ideally that's a place where you and I will still have a place while still doing some of this other stuff like audio, video, podcasts, et cetera.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, that sounds about right. And, and you know, um, which, which kind of surprises me with the, the advent of, uh, you're the additions of, of like paywall sites and things like that, but mm-hmm. they seem to be working out. I mean, they're hitting their, their subscribe, you know, right. numbers. So I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, but, but yeah, I guess we'll see where things go, and yeah, COVID is going to have a lot to do with with yeah. what we're going to be doing. But yeah. so I want to uh, talk a little bit more. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about you because I, I I'm looking at your LinkedIn page here again, and <laughs> and, and it looks like so you went to LaSalle, yeah. and uh, and and but you did graduate with a journalism degree. You you were a math guy. Yes. What's your background with with math? Were you were you ever a teacher or professor or anything like that?
2: Yes, I was. I graduated LaSalle in the early 90s, the era of uh, Naismith Trophy winner, Lattle Simmons. Uh, And uh, I graduated with my math education degree and embarked on my teaching career. And I taught in southern New Jersey, the Philadelphia area from 1992 through, I believe, about 2010. I was a public high school math teacher. For a long period of that time, I was not writing. I was writing my great American novels at home in my free time, like a lot of people did, quietly, you know, writing their little musings and thoughts and uh, tributes to the X-Men and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, that, was, that was my life. That was my career. I was tenured faculty. That's the direction I was going in. And every once in a while, I would, on message boards. Now, you're I don't know if
1: people remember message boards. Yeah. <laughs> Before the- it's basically basically Reddit before Reddit. <laughs> yeah,
2: before Reddit and before Twitter, yeah. if you wanted to be like a, a a a scumbag, you went onto the message board, uh, or or a know-it-all because you're not. There's gonna be a know-it-all or a scumbag. You have two choices. Well, I was a know-it-all on the message boards, and one thing led to another, and somebody was starting up a fantasy football site and said, "You want to come on because we've seen you be a know-it-all on the on the uh, on on the on, on the message boards, on the AOL message boards." Um, and that slowly started me on the role where I was doing that for an extra 50 bucks a week while teaching. Then I went to Football Outsiders, which was in need of a math guy who could write. And that led to another X amount of dollars while teaching. And then the New York Times went to Football Outsiders looking for a writer who could tell jokes and things. And that led to a lot of money still while teaching. I was teaching and writing for the New York Times and writing for Football Outsiders and writing sometimes for ESPN the magazine while teaching for about four or five or six years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where I found the energy. I'm an old man now. I I think that aged me.
1: Yeah, I would would say so. I mean, that's, that's taken on a, that's putting a lot on your plate there.
2: Uh, Um, It it, it was a heady time. Like it's, I look at it like when people talk about the sixties, like man, in the sixties, you'd go to a club and you see Hendrix and, and the monkeys and, and, and Pete Townsend would be there. And like all this stuff was happening. But 2004 to about 2009, 2010 in the industry of sports writers, you could be just a guy shouting out nonsense into, into the Internet one day. And next thing you know, you are like you're, you're Florio. You know, you are you are front and center with thousands and thousands of people and people calling you up and asking you for opportunities. That does not exist anymore. Maybe if it exists if you're doing something cool on YouTube involving a, an anime avatar or something. Didn't it, it existed then? And it was it was crazy how I'm not alone. A lot of people had that experience in those years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the early foundation of Bleacher Report. I mean, it was just a lot of yeah. guys um, that were just kind of helping out, and then it just kind of grew based based off of that. Yeah, that's um, what it was so i'm 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 curious because you know with the math expertise that you have I mean how how crucial is math to football and and not necessarily just from a writing standpoint but from you know from a team standpoint from the game is is math an important thing in the locker room in you know in the, in the, <laughs> in the video room that sort of thing
2: in the locker room no in the video room to the degree that everything should be b- being broken down situationally and the hardest core anti analytics John Gruden after six shots of whiskey guy who like make fun of the nerds there. They got a guy in the film room saying, Hey coach on third and 10, they, you know, run this play 22% of the time. So there's obviously math going on there. Uh, and, and of course there's places like in the, um, a, you know, in the salary cap room and the budgetary area where, where the math is incredibly important, but analytics, I think are embraced by these teams far more than they pretend and far more than they they see and there are better people to get in if you want to talk about analytics you can get Aaron shots from football outsiders here or something but what happens is there are teams that are using math uh, and, and 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 uh that's called data-driven decision making at a variety of levels so the data data-driven decisions in free agency obviously in the salary cap you see i saw the bears go for it on fourth down and one from what the 23 yard line uh, on monday night Football. Right. Right. Those are all data-driven decisions, and they will all make that. And then when you say the word analytics to them, they will have this mental image, probably some mental image of some dude screaming at them on the Internet, uh, you know, about whether or not Aaron Donald's good or some – just as an example, just uh, take out the ether there. And they'll say, oh, no, we don't use analytics, or analytics is for nerds, or let's, let's, let's dunk a joke on that. So I think the math is very important. I think it's just, it's just not uh, not admitted to by the NFL, maybe not presented as well by the people who do it.
1: Ah that's interesting. That's I mean why would you not want to have that that arrow in your quiver, you know? Right. Um, just to know, you know, percentages of, of I mean the Lions would be would, would could use some analytics to know not to run Adrian <laughs> Peterson so much. <laughs> there <laughs> there you are. there you are. we <laughs> and, and <that's> like <laughs> an so, will tell you this is going to work.
2: like <laughs> like analytics on that, you know, it's like you could just look at yards per carry. I know there's more beyond and all the yards per carry. But I'm pulling him up right now. I mean, we can get the guy 3.9 or 5.3, which is a bigger number, uh, you know. But uh, I'll tell you a quick analytics story. There, there's a general manager who a former general manager is on TV, who's notoriously anti-analytics, older guy. I won't say him by name, and he is notorious for anti-analytics stuff. And he gets dunked on on Twitter. I sat in a small group interview with him one time, and we were asking him about the, the draft and the and 40 yard dashes. For wide receivers. He said, well, you know, when I was a GM, we were at a longitudinal study of every player who was drafted at wide receiver between the heights of X and X and speeds of X and X from 1989 to 2000 and whatever. And we did this longitudinal study and we came to the following conclusions. Now, if you're doing longitudinal studies involving mathematics within parameters, you're doing analytics. This guy, old stodgy dude, was doing analytics but if you said the word analytics to him, I bet you right now you get the red-faced, angry father-in-law routine out of him because there's there's a there's a stigma and there's a mentality there that these, these are two different things. When everybody, I think, is using everything possible to make the best
1: decisions. Well, I can't believe Matt Millen would talk to you like
2: that. <laughs> no, 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 wasn't
1: Matt Good try. No, I, I I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you. Yeah. Off here. <laughs> but uh, all right. So uh, so now you know you left Bleacher Report. Uh, earlier this year and now you're with Pro Football Network. Um, it's Pro Football Network's you're growing big. I mean, it's yes. scooping up a lot of guys. K- Kentley Platt, who is with us at Pride is yes. over there now. What's the future looking like for this place? I mean, it's looking like there's a lot of cool things going on there.
2: A lot of cool things going on. There's a big November 1st launch of some new material coming that i can't tell you about because i honestly am not sure what's happening i know they just refreshed the, the the look of the site which is great right now and what i'm excited about moving forward with these guys and working with these guys is this very football flavored football okay uh, I, you know they were talking about like draft prospects not just the same three quarterbacks over and over again talking about fantasy football in a kind of drilled down kind of way that's not my department but there's a lot of people doing that Talking about odds and wagering, uh, again, in a drill down sort of way, not just like, hey, what's your million star lock of the week, but let's drill down into these odds and props. Doing a lot of stuff like that uh, without the personality element of things, not necessarily talking about sneakers all the time or you, you know, just hyping up guys or just circling the same 10 people over and over again the way a big outlet might do or an outlet that's like like falling by the wayside and and trying desperately to make itself look young might try to do. This is all about football. So you come check out uh, a pro football network. There there probably won't be much politics either, but that's not like a political statement. That's just not the the message of this. This is about running, tackling, blocking, wagering, fantasy, drafting, things like that. Things that you really want to talk about if you're really passionate about this game, not all the stuff that comes with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds, that sounds great. I mean, cause <laughs> I can tell you, you know, it gets tiring looking at the, uh, the, the, the shoe articles or the Matt, you yeah. know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, highlights yeah. that are constantly thrown up every five minutes. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's, that's exciting. I look forward to see what's going on on November 1st and, uh, continue to read pro football network stuff. Guys, check it out. I mean, it's, it's good stuff over there. Yeah. Uh, plus you get to see Kent obviously too. Yes. And Mike, uh, So, all right. Well, I want to talk some Lions with you and, uh, of course, the NFL as well. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. and uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of craziness that happened on Sunday. Mike, did you uh, happen to catch the finish of the Lions Falcons game? I, I had no choice. I, I
2: couldn't go to sleep at that point. I, I had to finish like four sentences about the game. And I'm like, when, when, when will this end? When will this end? Now, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm like, what will happen next, too? I wasn't like bored and just waiting. But it was like, wow, wow. can somebody kick a field goal? Can somebody not? Commit a very t- ticky tacky holding on what looks like a touchdown let's get this one in the books here uh yeah very exciting very weird game
1: what uh i'm curious of your 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 thoughts on the lions you've you've kind of been outspoken about the the organization and matt patricia in the uh, in the past mm-hmm. um what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that where, where are they going in your opinion
2: I, I by the way i apologize i thought you were talking about the night game i watched the other one too
1: I watched it. Oh, no, the Lions, Lions Falcons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was on Lions radio here. Uh, Lions podcast here. Oh, yeah, I watched that, too. That was that was magnificent. I, I was watching three games at once. That was happening at the same time the Browns were uh, doing the comeback. The same time uh, Goskowski missed the field goal. But uh, we were I, I'll tell you something. We were in Philadelphia, a, a, a tap room so we can watch four or five games at once laughing at the Falcons, just laughing at the Falcons. And, uh, Arthur Blank uh, with, a, with with his hand on his with three piece yes. suit, and his hand on his suit. like like the like, like the Godfather who's like ready to call a whack down. It it was it was delightful. Anyway, go go back to your question. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I you know I
1: try not to I try not to laugh at the Falcons too hard because mm-hmm. God, the Lions have been in that position so many times, and that's that's so very often. Lions fans standing there with their hands on their hips, yes, wondering what yes. the hell just happened. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. As I mentioned, you've you know you've been sort of outspoken about the organization, the Lions organization, yep. uh, in the past. And that Patricia and I- I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are at this point when they're sitting at three and three, and and where do you think that things are going to go from here?
2: Yeah, you know, I think I got it off of your Twitter feed. They're three and three every year, right?
1: From- uh, yeah, that was us. that was Friday Detroit. Yeah, we, we put that out earlier earlier. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're
2: three and three, or they're two, three and one, or three, three and one, or something like that every year. Yeah. So, so you reach this point in the season where it's like, okay, Matthew Stafford is playing very well. That's to be expected. That's usually him. And yeah, Galladay's lights out. That's great. And you won some games. It took a little bit of doing for some of these wins, uh, but but you got some wins. And you say, okay, let's move forward. Now, I, I don't. I know Lions fans know the schedule moving forward is relatively easy. Okay. And you've got a bunch of winnable games coming on the schedule. I don't have it in front of me, but I know there's a bunch of them there. Uh, If we want to talk about the Detroit Lions being sort of nine and seven at the end of all of this, i say, yeah, that seems reasonable. If you want to get me excited about the Lions being nine and seven or excited about the idea that this is some transition for, for Patricia, for the organization, I have no evidence to feel that way. I, I, I am looking at a team that uh, is relying on a bunch of the usual suspects and some new faces on defense that were kind of rentals from the old Patriots and uh, et cetera. And I'm not seeing anything here to say, oh, well, that's, that's the culture he, he he was trying to build. And if you tell me that this winds up being six and 10, seven and nine again, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that one or two reversals. They could be two and four, obviously right now, if, if Todd Gurley falls, falls over or the Falcons aren't the Falcons. And uh, you know, I don't see a lot of momentum. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, I, I yeah, you know, I have to agree. You know, I, I Lions fans, we we get really excited when things like this happen. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the team is 500. That's a that's a big deal uh, <laughs> around yeah. here at the moment. But but you know, I I urge Lions fans to temper their expectations because as we've seen, as we put on Twitter this morning, and as you kind of mentioned earlier already, this is right where they're sitting. Uh, they've been sitting every year of Matt, the Matt Patricia regime. So right. it, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to think that they're going to just kind of go on a huge run here. I mean, I would love for it to happen, but I just, like you said, there's no evidence to display that that is something that the lions are capable of at this point.
2: Right. And you already have a loss of the bears, loss of Panthers, lost excuse me, Packers, lost of the Saints, so okay, you wind up in nine and seven. You're already behind the picture in terms of any kind of playoff wild card or whatever. But yeah, okay. Colts game. Uh, that's probably a very similar team in terms of talent to you. Vikings winnable. Uh, Washington football team winnable. Panthers certainly winnable. Texans winnable. This is this is a nice little little run there. The problem is I won't get any sense of this. Maybe if you run the table on that, say okay, this is this tells me something. But I won't get any sense out of this. It's like oh yeah, well, three and two on that span that really teaches me a lot about, about, you know, what, what's, what this coaching staff and GM is bringing to the table. Cause they knew to go out and, you know, get to Harmon and stuff like that for agency. I, 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 it doesn't give me anything to hang my hat on except that, Hey, there's extra wild card team this year. Maybe it's going to be the Lions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Would you, would you suggest that, um, you know, a, a something like what happened on Sunday, obviously the Lions, Won the game because the other team scored a touchdown, which yeah. is the weirdest thing, right? Right. But uh, but you know this big miracle comeback, you know this great moment at the end. Would you Would you suggest that something like that could maybe lead to momentum? Is that something that could, you know, would would a normal team use that as a as a rallying cry?
2: I, I guess you could try to work that into a rallying cry. I could see a game like that happening, like. Like if the Titans won against the Steelers on this massive comeback, even though some of the stuff that happened was kind of fluky and weird, yeah, it's like this. this we're a team of destiny. You, you, you can believe in us now because of this. We believe in each other because of this. There, I mean, this was we beat a team that loses in the end of the game every single week by them losing at the end of the game every single week, and we're a couple weeks removed from get, getting beaten by the Bears. I, I, I don't know you have to come back from that saying there's work to be done because we only scored this many points against the Falcons defense. We were giving up right. blitzes right up in the middle against a defense that never, can't pass rush anybody. And we gave up an end of the game touchdown along the way you come around that game saying, this is the work we got to do to get better. Not this is it. This is, this is the moment that proves that we have turned the corner because we allowed Todd Gurley to score a touchdown against us, but the, the Falcons don't know how to run the clock out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that's a perfect uh, way of saying it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I I think maybe in spirit, there's a, there's, there's a way to rally around that, but yeah, but in reality, yeah, there's a lot of issues there and you can't ignore those issues. You can't rest on the laurels of this, this victory. Right. Um, and I, you know, I have a hard time think. I have a hard time believing the lions aren't going to do that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, I it's you know, it's tough. It's tough being a, being a lions guy. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the league. Um, You know, we're, we're about the halfway point here. Who's really standing out to you? I mean, do do you think that, you know, teams like the bears are for real or, you know, uh, are the Titans, you know, a team that could go make a run to the super bowl or are the Steelers for real? I mean, what are you looking at in February? What do you think is going to be going on?
2: I think these Steelers are for real. Uh, I mean, they're playing the Ravens this week. That's a game that you know could go either way, but I think that, Steelers Ravens is a battle of teams that that finish twelve and four or something like that. You know, one win or loss doesn't make a team for real or not for real along the way. Uh, you know, and and that's a lot of what I'm looking at right now. Like uh, like the Buffalo Bills, it, yeah, they're going to go ten and six. They're fine. They'll probably lose in the playoffs. Uh, clearly, we I think we all are are looking at the Buccaneers right now, and we're and we're wondering uh, if they were a you know, 12 and 14 that is trying to go 13 and three and could blow themselves up with this guy that they just brought in. Um, you know, but, the, but there, I mean, there are some surprises. I'm surprised as how good the Arizona Cardinals have looked so far this year. And of course they're coming off that wild win that I inadvertently referred to earlier. Um, so, so, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. I'm like the old guy with the gray beard here. After seven games at the midway point of the season, I kind of, I feel like I see teams for what they are, and I sort of qualify everything. I, I do like them, maybe sorta, kinda along the way. You mentioned the Bears; we saw them on, on Monday night. What the Bears really were against a better opponent—that doesn't mean right. that they can't go. They can't go. They can go ten and six very easily. They've got a pretty easy schedule coming up. They can go ten and six. They can reach the playoffs. Do I think? Of, can, well, then we have another question. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Of course, I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl for the Bears. I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl for the Browns. I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers and the Packers and the Seahawks and uh, and and for of course the the big the big teams in the AFC because I don't think besides the Steelers anybody has really stepped up to that level just yet.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, so I I uh, you know want to we'll put an end to this segment, but first you know you're out in New Jersey right now, so we we got to talk about the NFC East. What the hell is going on over there, Mike? <laughs> I have mean, never seen an entire division this bad. Not not in a while. Yeah. I remember. I think there was a, a the Panthers went like seven and nine and made the playoffs a couple years back or yeah. won the division at seven and nine. Is this another, Is this a repeat of that, or is it even worse?
2: Something like that, or even worse. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, was running the pop probabilities of the winner being seven and nine, or I think he said seven, eight, and one or lower because you have the tie in there, et cetera. And the probabilities are running around 25, 30 percent. You're going to have a losing team, maybe even having a 6-10-1 team come out of that division right now. And uh, I'll share one one anecdote with you. Uh, You know, the one thing that's kept Eagles fans going is the fact that the Cowboys are worse and don't have an injury justification for it. I mean, they have injuries with the Eagles, six million guys injured. So that's a real contributing factor to this. Uh, and the other two teams are rebuilding teams, and we laugh them off. So, uh, you know, uh, that Sunday afternoon when uh, you guys were watching Todd Gurley not uh, uh, try not to score, um, the, the the Washington was destroying the Cowboys, and I'm sitting there with the Eagles fan Jeff, if you're listening, I love you. And it's like Dalton gets shellacked; uh, he get, he nice. gets knocked out of the game, and Ben DiNucci starts warming up, and you know, even, even the worst Eagles fans, we don't want to see Andy Dalton die. I mean, there's an Eagles fan stereotype. Eagles fans are not like, oh, yes, yeah, so let's kill Andy Dalton so we maybe will win this division. It's not that bad. Maybe if it was Michael Irvin, never it mind.
1: It? <laughs>
2: <laughs> ben Denucci starts warming up and the guy next to me starts, like, getting nervous. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, how are we going to prepare for this guy next week? We're not going to have enough film on him to really prepare for him. So this is the state of NFC East football where Ben where the division may rest on whether Schwartz has what it takes to to scheme for Ben DiNucci next week. And, and 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 that's how I think like a lot of that's the coping mechanism for a lot of uh, fans in the NFC East.
1: Grief, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> well, there you go, Lions fans. At least you don't have to worry about Ben DiNucci. and whether yeah. or not they gotta sound. Right. <laughs> oh, the Italians. Italian. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right uh, one, one, more, one more bonus question here. Gun to your head. Way too early prediction. Who's, who's in the Super Bowl? I'll
2: stick with the Chiefs, and I'm going to go against the Packers, Chiefs against the Packers, in that I feel the Buccaneers are going to wind up tripping over themselves one way or the other, whether it's because they invited the Joker into the Justice League or uh, just because reality sets in with all of these older players.
1: You know, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I, I, don't, I don't trust the, the Buccaneers at all, I, like, right. at, at all. I, right. I, I, I mean, I don't think Antonio Brown brings anything to the table. In fact, he makes things much, much worse, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Lions do play the Buccaneers this year, so we'll see where that goes. But all right, we're, I want to put you through the lightning round, but first we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Man Coverage. I'm your host, Mike Payton. Today, we got Mike Tanier from Pro Football Network. We're going to put him through our patented lightning round. This is 10 questions, Mike. 10 questions. Some are football-related. Some are entertainment. Some are food. Some are uh, some other stuff, some clothing issues and things of that nature. Oh, God. Uh, Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. I love food. Let's go. All right. Well, let's start off. Your first question what are you watching right now? What are you streaming? What television show are you, you, you enjoying? What's your thing right now?
2: Uh, my wife and I are enjoying Shit's Creek. I knew nothing about it. I did not know that it was Eugene Levy and, and, uh, and Catherine O'Hara, uh, who I loved as a, as a younger person. And uh, I don't know why it won 30,000 Emmys, but it is very funny. I think there are better shows on TV, but it's funny and it's great when you're stressed out and you just want to, want to laugh at an old-fashioned TV show.
1: Yeah, that's my wife's favorite TV show. We've also been watching that. It it is sure. very funny. Uh, it's, you're you're up in New Jersey, so you probably got SCTV growing yes. up. Yes, exactly. So I was a kid
2: watching. An, I didn't understand Guy Caballero and and what was his name? Uh, 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 not Johnny Fontaine. Uh, I forget. I, uh, Sammy Maudlin and, and all these other characters. And I would la- references the 1940s. And and Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and, and Joe Flaherty making these jokes Martin Short and it, it was it was a lot of fun it was a, it was a star I didn't I got half of it but it was like really influential in like in like my sense of humor
1: yeah such a legendary group of people Rick Moranis Martin yes. Short as you mentioned John Candy I mean everybody yes. was on that show um all right who's your favorite football player ever a lot of people have said one or two guys so you could do that too if you like.
2: Okay, well, Ron Jaworski was my quarterback growing up, got a chance to meet him and, and work with him to a small degree later in life. So I'll go start with Jaworski, but outside of the Eagles homerism, as a young kid, some of my earliest memories were watching Earl Campbell and watching those Oilers games against the Steelers and just, and like, I'm watching highlight reels of him just truck everybody. Yeah, you know, Derek Henry could like watch this and be like, yeah, yeah, this, is, this was the source code. This is where it came from. And uh, and that was like that kind of made me a fan, is watching this guy and sort of rooting for the underdog because he was always the underdog as the Steelers would eventually at the end of the game kick their butts.
1: Is uh, is Jaws watching as much tape as he says he's watching? Because there's always that joke around that Jaws watches like 24 hours of tape a day or something. <laughs> he
2: watches more tape than even Mike McCarthy claims to watch. Uh, you know, I've had the chance. I've had the chance to go visit. This was years back. I don't do it as much anymore. Go visit NFL films where Greg Cassell and Ron Jaworski, sometimes uh, Mayock back in the day or Merrill Hodge back in the day would be there. Leaning back, just film everywhere, knocking things back off of each other, watching games in detail, calling coordinators to get verification. It was an unbelievable education in how really becoming an expert in the NFL is done.
1: man. I would love to be in that room.
2: Oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> All
1: right, here's a real <laughs> tough one for you, Mike. Real tough question here. Uh, Backstreet Boys are in sync.
2: I have no idea. I couldn't name a song by either of them. Well, Justin Just Timberlake what? Justin Timberlake was the in sync guy, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll go with yeah. that because he he seems cool
1: we had Lomas Brown on the podcast last week and he basically gave the same answer. It's something about the, the older gentleman on the show. I don't
2: know. (laughs) Yeah. We've got uh, like David Cassidy, the Partridge family. That's what it was like in the day.
1: Oh, okay. All right. You're a big (laughs) Leif, Leif, uh, Leif Garrett fan or Leif
2: Garrett. I think my wife was like totally into Leif Garrett, you know,
1: My mom liked leaf care.
2: Yeah, yeah. He 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 was he he appealed to he appealed to prepubescent girls because he looked like one of them. Go on, let's move on.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, dogs or cats?
2: Dogs. Nothing against cats, but it's dogs. Dogs for the win.
1: Got to be. What's your favorite movie?
2: Uh, Maybe *Dazed and Confused*. Maybe *The Godfather*. I try to be, like, iconoclastic and cool with this stuff. Casablanca, because I am a, uh, an older film buff. I try to be, like, oh, here's my cool thing that makes me sound like an intellectual. I like the movies that most dudes like. Like, yeah, let me show right. the, the kids smoking pot and playing mailbox baseball, or the mafia guys killing each other, uh, or, or the Avengers fighting evil. That, that's the kind of stuff I like. So I'll go with Godfather and Days of
1: all right. So each week I, I put a guest through through a scenario and, and have them kind of work their way out of it. So all right, so I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you right at the 50, right at the 50 yard line. Okay. I'm gonna give you 20, 23 seconds left. You've uh you got no timeouts. You got Jaws as your quarterback. Okay. You're down by six. How are you gonna win this game?
2: Okay, Jaws is my quarterback, so Harold Carmichael is my wide receiver. So I've got a six foot eight matchup advantage there. And uh, I'm going to, and Ted Marshall, I got William Wilbert Montgomery too. So I'm going to take Wilbert Montgomery at running back, move him out into the slot. We're going to try and go short passes over the middle, spike the ball. And then while the fade in the corner of the end zone, I don't want to tick off analytics people, the fade in the corner of the end zone. Once we get to the 15 yard line or so terrible percentage play, we have a six foot eight wide receiver and we're going to toss that ball right up to him and that's how we're going to win this game. He's going to beat like Everson Walls uh, over the top. So there's your
1: '80s football references. I like it. You put it right on the top shelf. Yep. So the, where the kids can't get it. I love it.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: if you could be a pro athlete, what sport would you play?
2: Wow. I would. I would. I would love to be a, a basketball player because I, I, it's a beautiful sport. Don't get hit a lot. As a kid, I would have loved football, but the idea even being even being given 240 pounds of muscle, I don't want to get hit anymore. I can't think of that to to be somebody who has that level of athleticism, grace, agility, and to play a sport that is internationally loved and respected. I think that would be exciting as heck.
1: All right. Uh, And you'd want to play for the Sixers then I would take it. Yes,
2: I I would want to play for the Sixers. Yes. Uh, And uh, (laughs) I I would be I'd be a point guard. I'd be distributing the ball. A lot of assists. Spotting up for the three pointers. Obviously, I would not have this body. This body is bit. I I could probably have a heart attack trying to bowl in this body. So give me give me youth and vitality, and give me a Sixers jersey.
1: I know the people can't see us right now, but Mike just showed me a six pack abs. So <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: six pack something. All right, uh, we got uh, three more questions here. Uh, this one gets real contentious here, Mike. What are your go to pizza toppings?
2: Oh uh sausage uh mushrooms and uh olives either green or black see the trick. okay I can never get that because I got the kids now I got two teenage sons so it's like oh I gotta get pepperoni keep it simple uh but when I can get olives preferably green uh some nice sausage preferably spicy and mushrooms it usually keeps everybody off my pizza so I get a half a pizza with that and nobody's going there because there's something there somebody doesn't like and I find it absolutely delicious and that's 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 my
0: thing.
1: That's the way to go. I always get pepperoni and bacon because the wife doesn't like it. So ah, and stay are. off my. She stays off my side of the pie. <laughs> uh, she gets mushrooms, so I stay off her side. Yeah, yeah. Uh Boundaries. Boundaries are good for <laughs> marriage. That's right. Uh, it also, you know, another good thing for marriage is two blankets. Two blankets will save your yeah, marriage. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Two different. Yeah. Two different uh, like,
2: styles and everything. So it's like, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Nike or Adidas. Nike, Nike. Okay. I don't
2: have like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect the swoosh. All right.
1: Got to. All right, this is the big question. I mean, this is this is the huge, huge question. This is the one you're here for, Mike. Okay. Are quarterback wins real?
2: <laughs> they are not. Except, there's a difference between evaluating somebody because you want to sign them uh, or or figure out who's going to win on Sunday and doing things like a hall of fame debate. And when you start discussing things like the accomplishments of a career of a hall of famer, you need to, I think, look at how many games they won, how many playoff games they won, and things like that, because it's different between saying, this is what somebody could do if we sign them and bring them in. And this is the body of work that we are going to celebrate as an achievement. So I don't think quarterback wins are real, but if we start talking about, uh, Eli Manning as a Hall of Famer or Matt Ryan as a Hall of Famer. I saw Matthew Stafford's name come up as a Hall of Famer. Uh, we we would I would definitely start talking about, well, how many winning seasons did he produce, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there's an appropriateness to that, that, I, again, most analytics guys would be, oh, let's stunk on this. If you're trying to really look at the achievements of somebody, it's something worth looking at as part of a larger body. of work. How's that?
1: I like it. I like it. That's that's the answer I was hoping for, because I'm very, very against it. Um, I guess before we get out of here, you brought up Matthew Stafford. Is he going in the Hall of Fame?
2: Heck no. That's ludicrous. I know I know somebody of substance and notes was talking about it yesterday. It's ludicrous. He has about his. I mean, if he wins two, three Super Bowls in the next four years, fine. He's in absolutely. Based on what he's doing now, the continuation of his career, it is not happening. Matt Ryan is not happening either. Falcons fans, it is not happening. It is a pipe dream. Philip Rivers, we could probably have a good, interesting conversation about, but not. not I'm sorry, guys. No, sorry.
1: Yeah. Just, just to play devil's advocate here, just to play yes. devil's advocate, I, I don't think Stafford's going in either. But let's, let's just say. Because he has a good chance of this at the end of his career, he has the all-time yards record and maybe even the all-time touchdown record. Does that get him in, or without without the Super Bowls?
2: I I would say that if that happens, it will be because we go into a 17 game season, et cetera, et cetera. And when they sit in the room, uh, there's a couple things that happen when they when they sit in the room. First of all, the 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 50 individuals sit in the room. They know everything. They know that passing stats have increased. OK, so not looking. at, oh, my God, he threw for 5,800 yards in a 17-game season. They know that. They will also be measuring Matthew Stafford against 20-whatever other candidates. So, you know, Stafford might be going in against Aaron Donald. Stafford might be going in against, who knows, who Travis Kelsey. Who, who knows will be retiring at the same time as Stafford. What, what I would invite folks to do is say, what quarterback who's in the Hall of Fame has a resume that looks like Stafford's, which is... Long career, one playoff win? No playoff wins. Zero points. So we're not talking about Super Bowls. But, well, Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl, no no wins. You know, Tarkington, Jim Cove, 0.00 playoff wins and like lots and lots of stats. I could rattle off quarterbacks with lots and lots and lots of stats who are not in the Hall of Fame. I can't name anybody with that kind of resume getting in the NFL Hall of Fame, pro football Hall of
1: Fame. Yeah, uh, that's, that's perfectly fair. But I will say, if Stafford does help the Lions get that Super Bowl, they got to build yeah. a statue of him out there to Canton, right?
2: absolutely. If it happens, it happens. And, yeah, and we, and we all reevaluate. And, and, good, and good for him because he's had an excellent career, a long-suffering career at times, and good for you guys as fans. All
1: right. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here?
2: Just asking people to follow along at Pro Football Network. Find it, bookmark it. You can find me there every Monday and then once in a while throughout the week. You can look for me there. Also, I don't think the New York Times needs my plug. I'm there sometimes. Football Outsiders, check that out. I'm there on Thursdays doing game previews. Aaron Schatz and the guys, incredible amount of analytics that help you make the decision. You go through there. Commentary as well, but you can find everything you need there and make decisions for yourselves, which say, you know, what to believe in, who to bet on, who to start in fantasy, etc.
1: Yeah, guys, go seriously check it out. I mean, this is this is the preeminent place to be right now for, for football <laughs> analytics and stats and good stories. So go check that out. And then again, uh, follow us on Pride of Detroit. We're on Spotify with all our podcasts. We're on Twitch every Sunday after the game. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can get your fine podcasts. We are there. So give us a follow, look for us, like, and subscribe. And we will see you next week.